Hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This is Stinchfield, the podcast brought to you by Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com now is the time to put your money into precious metals because of all the uncertainty we are seeing in the world. How about even moving some of your money from an IRA into a precious metals IRA? My friends at Midas Gold Group can help you do that. 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. All right, today I want to talk about the deep state and how it extends to every state house across the country and the arrogance of bureaucrats. If an elected leader tells a career bureaucrat to do something, a hired gun in the state capitol, not an elected official, uh, the backlash is insane. See, the elected bureaucrats think they run government, not the elected leaders. Well, it is the other way around. Uh, This is what the story in Texas is all about with Ken Paxton, the attorney general there, being impeached. This is the deep state pushing back against Ken Paxton. And then there's the issue that he's beating Biden over and over again, just like President Trump. So I have audio from the impeachment trial, and it's an exchange between Ken Paxton's attorney and what was one of Paxton's chief confidants um uh and this guy um was one of paxton's chief deputies call him that jeff mateer this exchange folks is well it tells you all you need to know about the deep state so we're going to go through that uh today on stinchfield so with that let's get it started uncensored and unapologetic this is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. All right, folks, thank you so much. GrantStinchfield.com, GrantStinchfield.com. Uh, if you're watching on Rumble, please hit like and, and subscribe to the channel. Just type Grant Stinchfield in there right there. The subscriptions really help, uh, as well as the podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it. It's all there. GrantStinchfield.com for that. All right. The impeachment trial of Ken Paxton, the attorney general in Texas, is underway now. A little background on this. The reason Ken Paxton is being impeached is because the deep state hates him. Radical liberals hate him. And uh, career bureaucrats hate him. And, of course, there are rhino Republicans, Republicans in name only, that hate him. All of these groups have teamed up against Ken Paxton including a drunk Speaker of the House, to uh, take the impeachment fight to Ken Paxton. And it isn't good when you, uh, when you uh, look at what's going on there. Not good at all. So what I would tell everybody is to watch this exchange between Tony Busby, who is Ken Paxton's attorney uh, in this trial, and this Jeff Mateer, one of Paxton's top deputies, that went to the FBI to level allegations of corruption. I believe it was all bogus. A lot of it had already been played out. This is about trying to steal power from the people. Ken Paxton was one of the few attorney generals that would push back against that. This is the deep state's attempt to steal power from the people. So we'll go through it. We'll start and stop some of it. And, uh, and I'll explain some of it as we, uh, as we go. So with that, let's get it started here. How soon after that did you talk to Dick Trabolsi? You know who I'm talking about, don't you? It, it's the Tell us who he is. I believe he's the leader of Texans for Lawsuit Reform. Mm. All right. Mm, that's right. Texans for Lawsuit Reform is a radical group 
that uh, is trying to push Ken Paxton out. They've been orchestrating this. They donate so much money to rhino Republicans and Democrats uh, to try to push back against conservative causes in Texas. And with that, they despise Ken Paxton. So this Texas for lawsuit reform, their enemy number one and this top deputy of Ken Paxton is getting a text message from the leader. He sent you a text, didn't he? He sent me a text after I resigned. A text of support. A te- I got many texts of support. He was one of them, yes. Where are your texts, by the way? I, I don't keep texts. What do you mean by that, you don't keep texts? You deleted your texts? After I left the Attorney General's office, when I'm no longer employed at the Attorney General's office, I didn't keep texts. You didn't think anybody might want to look at your texts? I adhere to zero inbox, index, excuse me, zero inbox, inbox policy. Mm. And I think anybody who's ever worked for me knows that. Is that right? That's right. So just so we're all clear, everybody's watching is clear. You were having conversations with the leader of Texans for Lawsuit Reform, who was showing support for you after you'd went to the FBI and resigned, right? I had one text message that I received from Mr. Trabalsi after I resigned. How did he have your phone number? I thought you weren't the kind of person that would talk to people like that. How did he have your phone number? Um, I, a lot of people have my phone number. I Probably General Paxton gave it to him at one time. All right, so first off, he's talking about uh, deleting all of his text messages and emails. Now, I will tell you, as someone who has been through a federal lawsuit, dealing with a lawsuit right now on a periphery, I'm not named in it, but the Dominion and Smartmatic lawsuits against uh, Newsmax, I've got to give depositions in these things. Who knows? Possibly testify on these things. I don't know. Being through this, I can tell you that a zero inbox policy is probably a good policy to have. Um, I didn't have that policy. I saved a lot. I deleted some. I saved others, deleted others. Um, It is probably a good policy to have. But you enact that policy after you have been through a lawsuit or, quite frankly, if you're concerned that people are going to read something you don't want them to read. Now, everybody may have that concern. You could have all kinds of personal emails that you don't want people reading. So you end up just deleting it all. But this is very telling the arrogance on this guy's face because you know he was deleting this because he didn't want people to see his communications with critics, enemies really, of Attorney General Ken Paxton. This guy, Jeff Mateer, who's on the witness stand in in the Texas Senate during this trial, did go to the FBI as an FBI, quote, whistleblower. But really what he is is he's he's a witch hunter. He was being used as a pawn to go after Ken Paxton. You know we do have some of your texts, don't you? I mean, I'd assume you do if others produce them. Yes, sir. Yeah, we don't have any from you because you say that you delete them. Tell me how you delete them, by the way, because that seems like a challenge. How do you delete every text that's sent to you? It's I look at email. I look at texts every day, okay, within within a 24-hour period time period. If it requires an action, I I then note it as a to-do item. If it's unrelated to anything, then I delete. That's just my that's been my policy for a year, sir. Well, you're a pope you you work for you worked for the government, right? Well this was after I worked for the government. 
Right. After you had no long, you were no longer working for the government, you deleted your texts. Is that what you're telling me? I or you delete them real time? I delete them basically real time within a period of time. Did anybody else in the office do that or was that just your practice? Well, I, the, the other person that probably did that was the attorney general. You think so? I, yeah, I think so. Did he have a burner phone, by the way? You know, I, someone mentioned that to me at one time. Who mentioned that? You, re you read about that in the newspaper? No, I don't think I read about it in the newspaper. It was so the allegations are that Ken Paxton had a burner phone. You know the kind you go to Walmart. He's going to get into it. Tony Busby, the attorney, he's going to get into this. Um, these guys play dumb like they don't know what a burner phone is. Now, you work in the attorney general's office. You've been around criminals. Criminals have been using burner phones for a long time. Again, these guys are so arrogant that the reason I play this for all of the country to see is because these people roam in every state house. The federal government's capital in Washington, D.C. as well. They roam the halls of any legislative body all the way down to City Hall. That I promise you. These people, in my opinion, are dangerous. They don't like voters. They don't like the people. What they like is power. And Ken Paxton wanted to have authority over his office as attorney general. And these deputies didn't like that. So they go to the FBI. And then they get support from people that don't like Ken Paxton pushing back against Joe Biden's radical agenda and winning. And hence, you now have Ken Paxton facing an impeachment trial. They've either been Mr. Wicker or Mr. Rylander. Mr. Wicker didn't mention it to you because he was questioned. He said he didn't know what a burner phone was. Who told you that he had a burner phone? Again, my best recollection would have been Mr. Wicker or Mr. Rylander. Did you ever see a burner phone? I know the attorney general had several phones. I don't know. You know, a, what a burner phone. You know what a burner phone is. This would be a burner phone. You can go to 7-Eleven. You can buy it. You use it for a certain amount of minutes. You throw it in the trash. That's called a burner phone. Okay. So for those of you listening on the podcast, now watch. He's holding up basically one of those brick phones. The kind you literally get off the shelf at CVS. You ever see Ken Paxson with a burner phone? He had a flip phone. Did you ever see a burner phone? One that he bought at 7-Eleven so he could do some sort of illicit business? I, I don't know, sir. Okay. How about a secret email address? You ever see him with a secret email address? He had a Proton email address. Didn't you have a Proton email address? I sure did, yes. Oh, goodness gracious. So he had the same kind of email address that you had. Okay. We've been told that's a secret email address, but you had the same kind of email address, didn't you? I think I think a lot of people had them. Sure. I think your co-counsel has one. They do have it. You know why people use a Proton email address? Because... I know why we did, because we were concerned that Google might be monitoring our conversations. We were investigating Google. Right. And also Ken Paxton and several others went to China and they wanted to make sure that their email did not get hacked. Right. Okay. Correct. But yeah. So what's amazing through all of this, folks, is that the media made it out to be some horrible thing that Ken Paxton had a proton email address. It's basically a secure server. Uh, it's a point-to-point -point email. I believe that's how it is. Very hard to hack into. Makes sense that an elected leader would have that, especially if you're visiting China or investigating Google, as this guy admits. But they didn't tell you that in all the mainstream media papers. They wanted it out to be like Ken Paxton was somehow hiding something. So we're going to continue this here, folks. But before we continue, I want to tell you about my friends over at Patriot Mobile. 
PatriotMobile.com forward slash Grant is where I want you to go. Uh, you don't need a burner phone, folks. What you need is a Patriot Mobile phone. A Patriot Mobile phone is the same one that I have here, and it operates on all the 5G, 4G networks nationwide. Same great service. They got the three major networks you can choose from. So if you're happy with your service now, you'll get the same great service, but without the woke policies of the big cell phone companies. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, believing the Judeo-Christian values that all of us believe in. Free speech, freedom of religion, sanctity of life, supporting our first responders, anti-criminal, pro-victim, helping them. Uh, This is what Patriot Mobile is all about. Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash grant for free activation today if you use the promo code GRANT. So use promo code GRANT, 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT. That's where I want you to go and get yourself a Patriot mobile phone. All right, we're continuing listening to Jeff Mateer, one of Ken Paxton's top deputies, before he quit after going to the FBI. Um, And this is Tony Busby, his lawyer, who is questioning Jeff Mateer, who I believe is the quintessential career bureaucrat. They think they're more powerful than elected leaders. They have no care in the world. For a lawful order from someone elected by the people. Instead, they want the power that career bureaucracy gives them. This board of managers, the house of managers, claims that that's some kind of secret, weird thing to do. And everybody in the office was doing it. Isn't that right? I I don't think everybody in the office was doing it, but there were some, yes. Sure. Now, back to your text. Just so the court is clear and the jurors are clear... Your testimony is, when you receive a text, if it needs action, you note it, note it, note it, and otherwise you delete it. That's correct. And you still do that now? I do. Well, the good news is, Mr. Brickman didn't have that same practice. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's look at what is marked and in evidence, AG 170. And Eric, if you don't mind, go to... The page is Brickman 187. Let's put it on the screen so the jurors can see it. What we're going to look at, sir, is a text string that you were on with Brickman and several others. Okay? Okay. I need you to speak into the mic, please. Yes, sir. Okay. Eric, let me know when you're ready. All right, so they're pulling up these text message chains. Go to 187, Eric. We're looking at AG Exhibit 170. They're pulling them up here. I can't wait to see what it actually is. Because he deleted his text messages, but maybe the guy on the other end didn't delete his. Is this a big surprise for the bureaucrat? We shall see. You know, it's right. as if here's a text live. you sent. I taped it, but it's as if it's live. At 3:02 p.m. on 9/29/2020, that right? That appears to be correct, sir. You said we have a major problem. The kid has served a subpoena on a bank. Showed up there in person at the bank, right? That's what it says, sir. And you were thinking in your mind. Why the devil was he serving a subpoena on the bank? Nate Paul's complaint has to do with the FBI, right? 
That was one of the things I was thinking, sir. Because you had no clue that there had been a second referral. True. I did not know there was a second referral at now, this time. Is this the first time that you had found out that the kid, you're referring to Brandon Kamick, right? I am referring to Mr. Kamick. And you didn't say, hey, Brandon Kamick, you said the kid. Everybody knew who you were talking about, right? That, that's right. Okay. So was Kamick wasn't a surprise, was he? Kamick wasn't a surprise in, in the sense that we knew who he was. That's correct. Sure. And you actually got a copy of his contract, too, didn't you? At some point, I got a copy of the contract, but not through the DocuSign, no, sir. Right. I mean, I know you're, and we're going to talk about your bureaucratic procedures. Your, what did you call it? Your executive action memo? What do you call it? A executive approval memo. Yeah, memorandum. executive approval memo. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, sir. Some procedure and writing put in place of how things should work at the AG's office. That's what it was, yes. Right. It's some, in some policy manual. It's a policy, yes. Okay. It ain't the law, though, is it? No, it's not the law. No. The power of the Attorney General derives from the Texas Constitution. Is that not true? From Texas Constitution and Texas law, statutes. The Constitution is what gives the Attorney General the power to act. Isn't that right? The Constitution and the statutes passed by the legislature, yes. Your power to act, if any, derives directly from the AG. Isn't that right? It's derived from the AG, but it's also derived from the statutes. Yeah. See, this is a very important part. You see how he will not want to fully admit that his power comes from his boss, the attorney general. And he wants to disregard his boss at every step of the turn. So the boss wanted to fire him. The boss wanted him out. The boss wanted people that were going to be loyal to him. Sounds familiar? Sounds like President Trump's situation. It's exactly like that. So again, this guy doesn't want to admit that the power vested in the attorney general, Ken Paxton, comes from our Constitution. You're not authorized to take his name off his letterhead, are you? Am I authorized to take his name off the letterhead? I'm sorry, are you, is that a question? Or yeah, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm repeating your question to make sure I understand it. Could you restate it? I can absolutely restate it. You, as deputy, as first assistant, are not authorized to remove your boss's name from his letterhead, are you? I don't know if that's true or not. Did you not look? I mean, aren't you a lawyer? Isn't that something you better look at before you do it? Um, I don't recall doing it, sir. You don't recall sending correspondence with the attorney general's name removed? I do not. You wouldn't have done that, would you? I, by implication of your question, it must have happened, but I don't remember. Oh, it happened. My question is, is that legal? I don't. I don't know it's illegal. Well, did you check before you guys were sending correspondence without your boss's name on it? I didn't personally check. No. Well, I thought you were a rule of law guy. Isn't that what you told us? I'm a rule of law guy. I am a rule of law guy. Okay, rule of law guy. Is it legal to send out correspondence without your boss's name on it? Official correspondence from the AG's office? I don't think it's illegal now. You don't think it's illegal? I do not. First off, this is stunning questioning. It's unbelievably great. And the arrogance of these workers inside the attorney general's office, you see what he's implying here. They removed Ken Paxson's name from the attorney general's letterhead and started sending out uh, all kinds of correspondence without Ken Paxson's name on it. Uh, that alone. You have to be so arrogant, so cocky to do something like that. This is the deep state. This is what we're up against. This is what needs to be eradicated. 
from government at all levels. You talk about a swamp. Forget about the swamp. The swamp is filled with life and beautiful things. This is the sewer. This is a sewer filled with rats and snakes and cockroaches. It's not a swamp. It's a sewer. And the sewer needs to be drained, quite frankly. Tony Busby's doing a hell of a job calling this guy out. All right. Folks, listen to me. Before we get back to some of this testimony, I want you to visit my friends over at Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com is the uh, place to find them. MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD. 855-322-GOLD is the number. You should think about taking uh, some money from your IRA, putting it in a precious metals IRA, diversifying your portfolio. But even more than that, I'm a big, big, big proponent of buying physical gold, gold you can hold, put it in your gun safe, bury it in your backyard, hide it in your grandma's attic, but start collecting it and hoarding it in case of an emergency. We know we have an overreaching government, that's for sure, that wants a centralized digital currency. And so with the centralized digital currency, um, we know that that this is the thing to do to protect yourself and give you the safety, security, and privacy that only gold can afford you. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. I urge everyone to uh, to put some money into gold. All right, folks, uh, let's get back now to Tony Busby questioning him about the letterhead. Is that how you decide your legal your legal analysis is by just whether you think it is or not? No, it's supposed to be based upon what I believed and what I know about the law. Well, what do you base that on? Why don't you uh, what, what I believe is. What I do recall is before I became first assistant, the prior first assistant, actually one of the complaints that the attorney general had with the prior first assistant was that that the original letterhead didn't have Mr. Paxton's name on it. So you knew that the official letterhead, according to General Paxton, had his name on it. That was his. That's what he insisted upon, right? He insisted on it. I don't know about the word official. Mm -hmm. And yet... You were party to correspondence where his name was removed. I, that I don't know, sir, but if you're saying that, then I must have been. Mm. How is it not official letterhead if the elected attorney general wants his name on the letterhead, says put my name on a the letterhead, then that's official letterhead. Anything else is what he doesn't want, and he's the boss. So let's make sure we're all clear that you did get the contract because it's in the text even. Uh, Eric, turn to uh, same exhibit, AG 170. Go to Brickman 180. Vassar texted you a copy of the, of the executed contract, didn't he? It looks like on October 1st. Yep. Did you go back then? Uh, was that the same day you met with the FBI? Um, no. What day did you meet with the FBI? I believe we met with the ex- FBI on the 30th, sir. Okay. This is where it gets really good. This is where, what do I tell you folks? There's no such thing as coincidences. Now listen carefully. When did he go to the FBI? When did he resign? 
And now I'm going to give you a little tip off to this, but only because people who aren't from Texas aren't going to understand this. George P. Bush, George W. Bush's nephew, ran for attorney general against Ken Paxton and lost. Okay, George P. Bush. So you did you go back to the FBI and say, hey, you know what? Ugh, I made a mistake. There actually is a contract. My boss signed it. And there's a second referral. Did you do that? Not on October 1st. Hmm. You went to the FBI uninformed. Isn't that true? No, I wouldn't say that, sir. Um, I just want to try to get the timeline because the jurors may wonder. You spoke to the FBI about what you, what do you call it? A good faith belief that a crime had occurred. Is that what you said? Did you did you go to the FBI with a good faith belief that a crime had occurred? Is that what you told us? That's correct. Okay. And that was on October the 1st? No, sir. What day? That was on the 30th. September the 30th? Yes. Okay. That's, bef that's when you, uh, you called Mr. Sutton before that, right? I didn't. No. What? I had not. No. One of you did. I believe that's true. Yes. Okay. One of the group called Mr. Sutton before that, right? I believe that's true. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. But so on September 30th, you went to the FBI and you made your good faith complaint, right? We, we told the FBI the knowledge that we had. Did you then go back and give them a copy of the actual signed contract from the duly elected attorney general? I, I did not. You did not? I did not. Did you? Don't you think that would have been a good thing to do? You got a contract and obviously they're talking about, oh, he thought something happened without a contract. Now he's got a contract. He tells the FBI one thing. He learned something different. Why would you go back to the FBI and say, I was mistaken, but he doesn't do it because the whole thing's a setup job. Go back and t tell them, hey, you know what? There was actually a second referral. It didn't even come into our office. It, in fact, went directly from the DA's office of Travis County directly to Brandon Kamick. Did you tell them that? Not on, not on October 1st. Did you tell them at some point? I, I think at some point we did tell them that. Okay, yes. Did they indict Kim Paxton? Um, as far as I know, they have not. Okay, so that, let's see. Let's try to get our timeline right. That was September of 2020, and this is... September of 2023, it's been three years. Your math is correct. So in three years, they've done nothing with the information that you provided them that's the subject of this impeachment, right? I don't know what they've done, sir. You well, ask them. Well, they certainly are pretty pretty good about letting us know if somebody's been indicted, aren't they? That's, that's your area. I, I would assume. The FBI has not indicted Ken Paxton. They've been investigating allegations against Ken Paxton for as long as I can remember. And I've been around Texas politics for over 20 years now. Ken Paxton for at least, I don't know, I'll bet you it's eight years they've been investigating him and they come up with nothing. Over and over and over again. They despise his boldness. They despise him pushing back against the radical agenda. They despise him pushing back against the establishment. And even more importantly, they despise him pushing back against business as usual in Austin. And business as usual is run by the career bureaucrats there. They don't like it. Now you combine rhino Republicans with devious Democrats and it's a recipe for disaster. Those two team up. Anybody that gets in their way, 
they are going to be flattened by the impeachment train in Ken Paxton's case or whatever else they can do to, to destroy their political opponents. So this is what Ken Paxton is up against. I wanted you to see this testimony between one of Ken Paxton's former top deputies and Tony Busby, Ken Paxton's lawyer, because it really shows you the arrogance of these deep staters. It really, really does. Um, I want to now turn to immigration and play you a clip which is getting a lot of a lot of play because um, this is, quite frankly, just classic. This is Eric Adams, who's upset about getting 10,000 migrants a month in New York City, a city of, I don't know, 9 million people, whatever it might be. Uh, the market there, the greater New York market's like 18 million people. Think about this. You got towns on the, the border of Texas and Arizona getting 10,000 people. Some days it was a day. Full support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Now, wait a second. New York City declared themselves a sanctuary city. What do you mean it's going to destroy New York? Every Democrat in this city said, oh, we welcome you in with open arms. And I refuse to call them migrants. They are illegals. Migrants is a pretty word made up by liberals to make you feel good about who's coming here. Some may be well-intentioned. Many are not. Either way, if you're going to come into America, you got to do it the right way. and You got to do it legally. Not under Joe Biden, though. Open door policy, literally open door. They opened the gates. So now you got Democrats complaining about it because in their city, they are now under the gun. Well, why are they under the gun? Because they're offering up hotel rooms and food and pay for this and pay for that. Don't pay for any of it. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we get Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe that made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Well, it is New York City's problem. You're the one who said you're a sanctuary city. And all the other cities, too, like San Francisco and L.A. and Chicago and all these cities. Oh, we're sanctuary cities. Well, what do you think people here across the world will go to America? Go and, and Biden's going to give us a, a bus ticket to one of these cities. So let's go on in and let's go. Let's go just ask for an apartment and they give you a hotel room. That's what happened in New York. You've incentivized all of it. And by the way, if that was a white guy saying, oh, can you believe the Ecuadorians are coming? The Venezuelans. Oh, we hate the Venezuelans. That's what he sounds like. If this was any white Republican giving the same speech, they'd be hailed as a racist. But not Eric Adams. He can get away with it because he's a radical Democrat in New York. Now, I appreciate that he's calling out that it's a problem. But where were you long before? You don't think the people of Texas, where I broadcast from, you don't think we knew that illegal immigration was a problem? These are problems we've been dealing with for decades, man. Eric Adams, I'm sorry you got 10,000 migrants a month coming to your city of 18 million people. Give me a break. 
every community in this city is going to be impacted. We have a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. Well, you don't know what you're doing spending money then. Because $12 billion you're going to spend on, say it's 20, 30, 40, 50,000, 100,000 migrants. You know how much money that is per migrant? As he said before, the money he wanted from the federal government amounted to like paying each migrant $100,000 a year. Why would you ask the federal government for that? They don't need that. First off, what I would say is you don't get housing here. You're going to sneak into America. You got to have your own plan. We're not providing you housing in a hotel. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you asked me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? No, the question is, how many of you were part of the movement to draw them here? How many of you were the ones that declared New York City a sanctuary city? How many of you were the ones that says, oh, no, Trump, don't build the wall? How many of you were saying, oh, look at Trump and his inhumane policies by remaining in Mexico? All of them. These mother-scratching hypocrites make me so angry. In many respects, send them more illegals up to New York City. Overload them. Governor Abbott, you're right here in Texas with me. Send them more. Busloads. Shoot, I'll donate money to send him migrants. Illegals. It's going to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 102,000, the city we knew we're about to lose. The city you knew was already gone, man. I grew up in and around New York City. That city is a shell of itself. You ruined it during COVID. Literally destroyed that city. The vibrancy's gone. It, it is, excuse my language, cover your kids' ears. It's a shithole right now. There is garbage and trash everywhere. There's homeless everywhere. It's running rampant with crime like every other liberal city across America. You got to be afraid to go anywhere, really, in New York City, anywhere, especially after dark. And he thinks the illegals that are coming are going to ruin the city. The city's already done. It's the liberals that live in your city that ruined it, Eric Adams. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island said, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No. It's not the game we can play. Yeah, well, Texas is saying send him to New York City. And that's the game we are playing, buckaroo. And we're happy about it. It's a decent game because it's teaching you reality of the situation. New York City declared yourself a sanctuary city. You didn't have any freaking clue of what this does to communities, illegal immigration, and the strain it puts on them. Put the people aside, not to mention... You're incentivizing them still by offering up hotel rooms and food and all this stuff. 
the sex trafficking, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, the toll this is taking on humanity. It is it is at the feet of the Biden Democrats. There is no doubt in my mind. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Stinchfield. Please go to MyPillow.com forward slash Grant, MyPillow.com forward slash Grant. Promo code Grant for all kinds of steep discounts. Uh, Mike Lindell is a friend of mine. He deserves your business. The guy is still being attacked. I talk about a parallel economy with Patriot Mobile and Midas Gold. Go to MyPillow.com. Get yourself some fabulous products. The Giza sheets, by the way, are just great. Um, All the products there are. Use promo code Grant for deep discounts. All right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget GrantStinchfield.com. Again, hit like on the video. Subscribe, please, folks. If you're watching this live, subscribe to my channel. Please do it. It's greatly appreciated. And you know what? Stinchfield's Army rolls. Thanks to all of you. <laughs>